Well, aloha and welcome, Mission Church. And uh, what a gorgeous, gorgeous day we have outside and a great opportunity that we have to uh, (laughs) celebrate um, this wonderful holiday that we do, Independence Day. Children, you guys are still here? I'd like to dismiss you to go to Sunday school with uh, Auntie Renata. I did not forget. I think I'm on like a five-week streak of remembering, so that's pretty good. (laughs) Well, today we're celebrating Independence Day, and, and I think everybody knows what Independence Day is all about. It's the day on uh, July 4th, 1776, where the Congress at the time adopted the Declaration of Independence that, that um, stated and, and freed the colonies of the United States from Great Britain. And it was a day that we look back and we celebrate our great freedom. And whenever we talk about Independence Day... The thing that the theme that constantly comes up again and again and again, obviously, is freedom, right? On this day, we, 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 we celebrate the freedoms that we have been given, and uh, Pastor Paul, Pastor Robert talked about that a little bit. I want to take um, the message of freedom a different route, and, um, and when I think about the word freedom, you know, I think about those things, but there's another, um, another thought that comes to my mind. Uh, and, and some of you will, will uh, resonate with me, some will not. But I think of the movie Braveheart. Anybody, anybody think of Braveheart when you hear the word freedom? Right? Because if you saw the movie, you know that that's the last words that William Wallace screamed before his final demise. And, uh, and this movie, when I first saw it, um, impacted me. It was just one of those powerful movies. Uh, I, I was in seminary at the time, and Rochelle and I um, got invited from with, with our friends. They said, oh, this brand new movie's coming out. We should go see it. I, had, I didn't know anything about it because I was stuck in my book studying the whole time, right? <laughs> and, uh, but seriously, I didn't know anything about the movie, so I went there blind. You know, I, I almost decided not to go. It was one of those things. And uh, then I sat in my seat, got my popcorn, the movie started. I was captivated, you know. I mean, the story was powerful, um, and the, the, the message of freedom resonated with me. Um, and, uh, and I don't know if you know this, but Gordon is a Scottish name, right? You guys knew that, those of you who are from Scotland, like me? I was sure after I watched the movie that I was part Scottish. Because Gordon is a Scottish name. And, and right after the movie, I started talking with a, with a Scottish accent. Like this. And, uh, and, and I, I got better at it the longer I went on. And I did it for three weeks. And I believed with all my heart that with a Scottish accent, a Scottish name, that I was Scottish. But then my wife said, Gordon, that's enough. And then I stopped. <laughs> and, uh, but, boy, I tell you, when I, when I think of freedom, I, I think of Braveheart. And, um, and, and, and the message of freedom, really, when it comes to us, we, we for the most part, have an understanding of 
freedom in this way. That freedom is a freedom from something, right? When we celebrate Independence Day, it's America's freedom from the rule of Great Britain. In the movie Braveheart, William Wallace fought for the freedom against the tyranny of England and Edward Longshanks. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> freedom from. Thank you, thank you. Freedom from, right? When, when, when we were young and we grew up and we were ready to get out of our, our home, right? And we moved away from our family like I did when I was 20 years old. Oh, what do we say? Freedom. Because we're no longer under the, the tyranny of the rule of our parents. <laughs> freedom from, right? Um, Sky, you're getting ready to experience some freedom when you go to college. <laughs> and even when we, when we look biblically, when we look at the Bible, you know, the message of freedom comes to us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we are free from the desire and the bent to sin. That's our, our theology in this church. And so when we talk about freedom, there's a message that we normally come when we think about freedom. It's a freedom from. But today, I want to look at freedom from the opposite direction. I want to look at freedom in a different way. And and I want to share a message about not the freedom from, but the freedom to. Because when we receive freedom, we are free to live a certain way, right? That's what freedom from gives us a freedom to. And, and we don't normally talk about the freedom to, so that's where I really want us to move. But in our culture today, right, in our culture, it, there's a, a, a non-spoken understanding that, that there's two things that you can't talk about, right? Politics and religion, right? So, but I want to give you the freedom to do that today. And I want, I want us to, to be free to be who Jesus calls us to be, right? Because I sincerely believe, church, that if we have Jesus in our hearts and he's living vibrantly within us, then it doesn't matter what we say because Jesus will be saying it through us. And our very lives will be lives that are lived for Christ. So we can't really help it because moment by moment and word by word, Jesus will be living through us and speaking through us. Regardless. And so, everybody talks politics nowadays. And, and, and even though that's one of the unspoken rules that we shouldn't talk about, then let's talk about Jesus. But in a way that we can just live our lives normally and live out what we believe in Christ. Because if Christ lives deeply in us, our witness will be true. Now, I have a passage of scripture today that speaks toward the freedom too. And I love this passage of scripture. In fact, if you walk into my office, there's a banner right behind my desk with this verse. It's from 2 Corinthians 3.18. But I want to read the passage beginning at verse 7. And if you have that, you can you go ahead and put it up so we can begin looking at it. But I just want to prepare you in, in seeing this passage of Scripture. As Paul contrasts the law and the spirit. And he sees in the law glory. But what the law brought was death. Amazingly. 
And, and he, he, we, we can explain that and understand that. Because before there was the law, before the Ten Commandments came, right? There was no law. And people could live any way they wanted to. But when the Ten Commandments came, when the law came, and, and then it gave definition to what sin was. Disobedience to God. And from that came consequences and punishment. And the punishment of death is punishment of sin is death. And so when Paul talks here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, he makes reference to this. But I want you to hear the message that Paul gives us when he talks about the freedom, not from, but the freedom to. So I'll I'll read along with you. It says, now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in the letters on stone, came with glory, and it did, it came with glory, So that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory. Transitory though it was. Will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? For what was glorious has no glory in comparison with the surpassing glory. And if, that, if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory that which lasts? Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who would put a veil over his face to present, prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even till this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory... The, the translation there also uses the word reflect. And I, I kind of like reflect better. And we all who with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is a beautiful passage that gives us freedom too. To live righteously, to be, to be impacted by the Holy Spirit, to be transformed and to reflect the image of Jesus out into this world. Oh, I love that. We are free, church. And this gives us the freedom to, not just the freedom from, but the freedom to live righteously and be transformed into Jesus' likeness. When we, when we authentically love God, humbly serve one another, and intentionally share Christ, when we live out the mission of our church, I sincerely believe that that is transforming in our lives. And, and when we, come on up guys, when we start in our lives to begin to live out mission, 
not just here, but when God calls us to live out mission and, and, and moves us into different places to, to go to different places and share the good news of Jesus Christ, they, those are the times that I have seen in the lives of others and in my life as well where I am being the most transformed. Right? When I'm challenged and I'm moved and, and, and man, I'm not the same person when I left to go than when I came back. Jake, Steve, come on up, both of you. Today, I've asked a few people that have gone out to serve on missions um, to share a part of their story. Because you guys knew that Jake went to Ecuador, but we, we never got to hear from him. And to, today, I just wanted him to share briefly how his life has been transformed. And after he's done, we're going to watch a video of Holly Churchman because she wasn't able to be here. And her testimony of her trip, and then Steve will wrap it up. So I'm going to turn it over to Jake. Go ahead. Hi, everyone. Uh, if you were on the mission trip, you know I struggled with briefly. So I will. I wrote notes so I would <laughs> be on top of it. Uh, my name is Jake Burgum. Uh, I'm a sophomore at Point Loma, and I got to be a part of LoveWorks Ministry, which Steve is conveniently wearing a shirt that has the logo on it. Um, <laughs> And it's a ministry that partners with missionaries around the world to send students to be involved in the life of the global church. So I had the chance to go to Ecuador with some of these amazing people that are in the pictures behind me. Um, One of the things that really stood out to me was the children's and youth programming that we got to be a part of. Uh, We got to play around with children and just be a part of their lives and bring smiles to their faces. Um, And due to the Um, Ecuador is considered a third world country, so a lot of the people there have less than we do. So a lot of the ministry that they're able to do can do more with less. And I thought that was really powerful for me to see. They didn't get to have the big VBS stages that we got to have, which were awesome, and all the other stuff that we get to have. But we got to help with their classrooms. We got to play with them. Um, You can see them opening up um, Samaritan Purse boxes that we were able to hand out to them. Uh, the first picture was also um, a children's orchestra that was created in Ecuador uh, to give children a sense of community and to let them be a part of something bigger than themselves. Um, and even though a lot of the children's programming that we got to do looked very different than ours, the heart of it was the same. Uh, it was filled with people that care and love and are willing to give their time and effort to children and youth, which I thought was very powerful for me to see. Um, it was very inspiring for me to see the church work globally, especially in children's and youth ministry. Um, since I'm a product of many of the children's and youth ministry that's been here, I was a part of Miss Jamie's nursery. I was a part of Chad Wolf's Sunday school class um, and many more as I was growing up. And into my youth, I was a part of Becca and John Irwin and Pamela and I guess Don Romero. <laughs> I guess Don. I guess Don too. <laughs> um, and Beth and Ryan Entremeyer. And even more recently, Eric and Jen McPherson. Um, so I thank you all for raising me and forming me into who I am. Um, and if you feel a tug to work with children and youth, I'm sure that Auntie Renata or Eric can find a place for you. So just be praying about it. Um, thanks for letting me hear my brief spiel about Ecuador. <laughs> Mission Church. My name is Holly Churchman, and I'm so happy to be able to connect with you through this video. Well, I am out of town this weekend, 
I wanted to share with you about the recent mission trip to Tecate, Mexico, which took place in early June. What a joy it was to be able to come alongside fellow church family members and travel to Mexico to build a home for a family in need. And the family we were serving this time included Edgar and Karen, those were the parents, and their beautiful three-year-old daughter, Daylen. I'd say this trip was impactful in several ways. Uh, for me personally, it was so great to be able to get to know other members of our church family in a deeper way. And this included the carpool on the way um, to the church site where we were staying while there, um, as well as going to the work site and then, of course, the work that we did at the work site uh, altogether in 90-degree weather. Uh, it was quite something to see all of us joyfully doing this work uh, together in the heat. And, uh, and Barry Jones did an amazing job uh, reminding us to take water breaks and get some electrolytes. So, so thankful for that. Um, and happy to report that we all fared very well. <laughs> um, I would also say that this was impactful for our family. Um, it was uh, really neat to see Karen and her daughter, Daylin. They were uh, around the work site uh, most of the time, off and on. And to see the growing excitement on their faces as their new home was coming together, that was truly a delight. And this is something that changed their lives forever. Uh, a highlight for me is at the very end, um, there's a presentation that's done, and so the whole family is there. Uh, all the workers gathered together, and I had the honor of being able to present the keys to the family. Jake Burgum then uh, shared a verse from the Bible in Espanol and Spanish, and then Pastor Gordon led us into the house where we got to spread out and lay hands on different parts of the home. And our foreman from Amor Ministries, Emmanuel, um, said a prayer over the family and over the home. That was truly a uh, culminating experience. What a blessing out of um, all of the work that we did together. Um, this is my second mission trip. I had the privilege of uh, joining on the mission trip in December. Both were incredible, and I'm already looking forward to the next family mission trip taking place in December. Uh, I would highly encourage you to join a mission trip. This is so impactful for other people, uh, but it's also impactful for you. So you're changing lives for others as your life is also being changed. So I hope you join an upcoming mission trip. Thank you, and God bless you. Yeah, I had the honor of leading my uh, fourth LoveWorks trip. And uh, this last one, we went to Hawaii, where I got to meet a lot of people that knew our Pastor Gordon. And they all said he's a great, great guy. He's just really great. Except, ever since he saw Braveheart when he was young, he thinks he's Scottish. <laughs> um, Pastor asked me to talk about missions and when you get a chance to do the missions, to step into it, right? He's speaking about freedom. We have the freedom through Jesus Christ to be a vessel for him to use us. And I love the name of this, Love Works. What did the apostles ask Jesus? 
Jesus, what's the most important commandment? He said, love God with all your heart, soul, and your mind. And second most important is to love your neighbor. So as Christians, we have the ability to do works of love from God. And do I feel special that I, I get to do these? Do I feel qualified? No. But God doesn't always call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. He will give you what you need. He just wants you to say, yes, Lord, use me. So he wanted me to speak about some local ministries that if you're interested at all to get your feet wet in ministries. Um, an easy one, twice a week at our Mid-City Nazarene Church, Tuesdays and Saturdays. They feed the people around that community. You'll see over 80 different cultures in that line. Uh, I was involved in the homeless showers. It's a shower that is portable. It moves from church to church to church. And talk about making a difference in people's lives. Homeless person, filthy clothes, dirty, disheveled. We give them clothes. They pick out. They go in and they get to take a shower for 15 minutes. No one bothers them. Hot water. And what a difference that makes. But the one I want to dwell on is my wife and I have been involved in safe parking lot programs. Do you know just up here on Arrow and over here by the new stadium, every night there's over 60 people sleeping in their cars. You ever try to sleep in your car? I've had to do it once we were camping and there was ticks, there was warning... So April and I tried to sleep in the car. You cannot get comfortable. But there's people due to COVID and many such different situations. They lost their job. They got kicked out of their apartment. What's, what's the last thing left is their car. So I've seen women, single moms with three and four kids living in a Toyota Corolla every night. They wake up. They get their kids dressed. They take them to school. They go to their job. They come back. And they go to the safe parking lot where we feed them, talk to them, and hang out. Um, there's all kinds of ministries opportunity in San Diego and in your, in your lives. And if you'll just say, God, use me, he will use you. We have the freedom to be used by Jesus. You just have to be uh, accepting of what he asks you to do. And even if you're nervous, take that first step and you'll be amazed at what you can say and what you can do. So I highly recommend our Mexico trip is awesome, but there's local things here too. You don't have to go around to different countries, which is great. But if you want to get involved, there's many, many things to do in San Diego as well. So thank you. Wow. Thank you, guys. One of the things that you'll notice if you talk to Jake talk to Steve or you talk to Holly they are being transformed they are on fire for Jesus right and and I sincerely believe is because just like what Steve said they took that first step to give their life away in such a way that they get to they, they went somewhere and even if it was just here in San Diego they have been impacted and they have been changed and that fire that burns bright in them is, is super clear. And, and this is something that I sincerely believe. I sincerely believe that the church, our church, is founded in missions. 
And, I, and when I was in seminary, what, what brought me to this conclusion that our church is founded in missions is my missions professor quoted a, uh, a Swiss theologian named Emil Brunner. And this is the quote. He says, The church exists by missions as fire exists by burning. When I heard that, I didn't quite understand it at the time. But then I began to process that. And I began to see people like Jake and Holly and Steve live out missions and be on fire for Jesus. And I go, I think I get it. The church exists by missions as fire exists by burning. But I have a video I want to show you about what this kind of looks like. Check this out right here. So this is what it looks like when a match starts to burn. And this is what missions is all about. It's, it's the fire in the life of the church. But you know what I have noticed about every single match that I have lit? Eventually, my fingers get burnt <laughs> and the match goes out. Isn't that interesting? And this is exactly what happens in the lives of people who are not connected in mission. You see, one of the things that I know is that in order for a fire to stay lit and burning, some, the, right, the right needs need to be met. There needs to be an ignition, there needs to be fuel, and there needs to be oxygen. You put too much fuel and the fire will go out. You blow on it with too much oxygen, the fire will go out. Fire is fickle. But when the right situation happens and there's that ignition with the right amount of fuel and the right amount of oxygen, that fire will last and burn bright. But if the conditions are not perfect, the fire goes out. And church, let me ask you this question. How many people do you know whose fire used to burn bright and now have gone out? Countless people. All the people that used to sit in these empty chairs. It's true. And so what I'm trying to say today is that what if we begin to engage in mission because our church exists by mission as fire exists by burning. And when we continue to engage in mission, that we will continue to be lit and ablaze. And maybe when we come into contact with someone whose fire is just barely lit, we can help their fire get ignited. And start a blaze in this church where the people who come to this church are all on fire for Jesus because we know we know what keeps our fire lit. And that is when we live in, in line with the mission that God has given us in this church. Mm. Now, what Steve said was so important. You don't have to go anywhere to do mission. You can be right here in San Diego. In fact, this church, we've not even talked about except Holly mentioned it. 
about one of the things that we do in the life of this church, our family missions trip, which I think every single person should join us to be a part. Because if, even if you can't do construction, you can do VBS, you can, you can cook. There's so many different opportunities. And you can do it, you can bring your children to it, and it'll be great. And senior adults came. I mean, Barry comes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Barry. I keep picking on Barry. But not only does he come, he works hard. It's amazing, church. Such an amazing time. And to know that we don't have to go far. I mean, there's a mission field right here in our backyard. Our own community right here in San Diego. Your family members are a mission field if they don't know Jesus like you do. And I believe sincerely without a doubt that if you begin to engage in missions, that you will be transformed by the Spirit and the power of God, that your fire and your heart will be lit and ablaze. And you know what? People are attracted to that. When people see that people who are on fire for Jesus, they want to they be with those people. They want to come and join and be a part when we authentically love God and humbly serve one another and intentionally share Christ, wow, we are changed people. Holly is a changed person. Jake, <laughs> where I don't know where Jake is at. He came back from that missions trip and he says, can I, can I serve the youth? Can I volunteer? Yeah, of course you can. You know why? He's, he's on fire. And we're not going to let the fire go out. And so what did he do? He volunteered when he got back to go with us on our summer missions trip to Mexico. His fire is burning bright, and I'm so excited about that. You see, in John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said this to his disciples, Peace be with you. Just as the Father sent me, I am sending you. Something that every single one of us should know. We're all called. And we're all sent. And we may not be sent to Ecuador we could be sent to our next door neighbor, our cousin, our brother, our sister, our children. But if you want to go on a missions trip, there's, there's plethora of opportunities. Check this out. These are just the mission trips that are coming up in the recent months to go somewhere. Our district is going to go to San Vicente in Mexico next week. If you want to go, call Barry Jones and he'll set you up. Our church is going to go to Cocal Grasas in August. And then in October, we're going to go to Casa Esperanza in, in Mexico. And then in December, our annual family mission trip. There, there's, no, um, there's, there's no shortage of opportunities for you if you want to go and be a part. If you want to get that fire lit in your heart, there's no shortage of opportunities here, church. You can go if you want to. But I know not everybody can go away. And so I, I want to finish today's message with missions that begins right here. So if you can't get away, Steve gave some great opportunities to, to serve others here in San Diego in missions. But, but there's a mission field with the people in your life and in my life. The people that you work with your co-workers, 
If you're a teacher, even your students. If you're a doctor, your patients. If you're a counselor, the people that you see. Your family members. There are so many opportunities we can use here in our own city to share Christ with those who do not know him. And I am convinced, church, without a shadow of a doubt, that the greatest impact that we can make in the lives of other people is when we intercede and begin to fervently and faithfully pray for the salvation of souls. You see, we pray for for people who are ill all the time. We do that. We pray for people in dire straits. We do that. We're praying for Sam and the red card. Um, Lori shared that with me. I don't know where Lori is. Colleen, I thought you were Lori for just a second. (laughs) But we pray. We pray for those things. Right? How often do we pray for people that we know and we love to know Jesus? We've got to do that. If we don't, who will? Who will? I'm going to close my sermon today by just sharing a brief story with you. When I, before I became the pastor here at Mission Church, I was working at Point Loma Nazarene University. I was a chaplain there, and I also served as an adjunct professor, and I taught a class called Biblical Perspectives. And there were students that came and took the class, and, um, and I would have, oh, a class of about 20, 25 students. And I got to know them. It was an online class, so I never got to meet them face-to-face. But I would pray by name for each one of my students all the time. Because I sincerely believed that prayer works. And when you pray for people, their lives are changed. And this biblical perspectives class, it was a tough class. Genesis to Revelation in seven weeks. <laughs> and, uh, and students, most of my students came that didn't have a, a biblical background. Some, not all, but some. This was their first time opening the Bible. So I got the great privilege to teach them the Word of God and pray for them. And, and several students responded with, wow, chaplain, this, this is changing my life. And one student in particular came and she said, chaplain, I, I, I didn't have a faith very much growing up. My, my dad was, you know, used to take us to church a little bit. But man, I'm learning so much. I'm growing. And then, and, and I want to know more. And so, COVID hit after that. And I began to do Bible studies on Zoom. And one of my students, uh, Julie Pineda, she finished the class. She did super good. And she began to check into my Bible studies through Point Loma that I did on Zoom. And we had such a great time. She was learning and growing. And yeah, I still hadn't met her face to face. Right? And then Mission Church called me to be pastor. And so I said, ah, what do I do, Lord? And God led me to say yes to Mission Church. So I had to give up my my teaching there at Point Loma. And then I invited my students to come that came to my Bible study. Hey, would you like to come to my installation service? And Julie came to my installation service. And I was so excited to see her because that was the first time we met face to face. And I embraced her and we hugged. And then life happened, right? Being the pastor of this church happened. And, and, and 
my, my time at Point Loma got cut, cut short, and I lost track of, of Julie and the other students. But I began to tell you guys about the prayer cards that you find in your bulletin. And I pulled mine out and I started writing names of people that I had come to contact with. And I had a card with Julie's name on it. And I began to pray every day for Julie. Because she's somebody that I cared about. And if you care about somebody and you want them to draw closer to Jesus, the greatest thing you can do is begin to pray for them. And then in May... Julie graduated from Point Loma. And there at the commencement ceremony, I saw Julie and we got reacquainted. And oh, we were celebrating her graduation. It was so cool. And after the graduation, Julie reached out to me. And she said, Pastor, what what time is the service again at your church? So I shared with her. and, And I got her hooked up with Pastor Jeff to be a part of the young adult group. But here's the beautiful thing. When you pray for people, what God does is through his prevenient grace, through the grace that comes before anything happens, God begins to tap the hearts of the people that you pray for. I sincerely believe that. You know why? Because I didn't reach out to Julie. She reached out to me. (laughs) I just reached out to God. And I made that first invitation for Julie to come and be a part. And so, today, I want you to know, Julie is here in church. Right? Because, because of prayer. Yeah, amen. This is glory to God. So I asked Julie, Julie, can I share our story? She goes, sure, Pastor, but do I have to come up on stage? I said, no, 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 no. You don't have to come up on stage. But I wanted my church to know the story. And Julie's, she's sitting right over here. Julie, you don't have to come up on stage, but I want to present you with two things, all right? The first thing I want to present you with is the prayer card that has your name on it. And this, this card I prayed over, and you'll recognize some of the other names on it because there were other students that came to the Bible study. And I want to give you a prayer card that's, uh, that's empty. And I want to give you this because... I want you to begin praying for people in your life, just as you were loved and prayed for. I want you to pray for people that you love and care for so that they can come to know Jesus. And so, can you pass this back to Julie? Thank you. And church, I want to invite you to join Julie and I in filling out that prayer card. Because it works. And if there are people in your life that you love and you care for, that whose fire has gone out, maybe the fire that is burning bright in your heart, and you get close enough, could ignite their heart. And they can come back to know Jesus. That's why we do this. Because we care for people. And we want others to know Jesus like we know Jesus. Thank God. So we're going to sing a song called All the Poor and Powerless. Because there's a lot of them in this world. 
And I want to share a, a closing verse with you. This verse is from Matthew chapter 9, beginning at verse 35. But in verse 38, Matthew 9:38 and Luke 10:2 both say the same thing. I want to challenge you to do one more thing today. Along with filling out that prayer card, I want you to set an alarm on your phone. You can do it at any time. But I would recommend at 9:38 either a.m. or p.m. or 10:02 a.m. or p.m. because it corresponds with these two verses. And in these two verses in Matthew 9:38 and Luke 10:2, Jesus tells us to pray. But listen to Matthew 9, 35. And I'm going to share what Jesus said. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into the harvest field. That's the prayer. 938. Luke 10.2 says the exact same thing. Jesus looked out and he saw the helpless and the hopeless, the poor and the powerless. And he had compassion on them prayer is that would you have the compassion that Jesus has for those that need to know him you already know what Jesus does for you that's why you're here there's a world out there that don't know Jesus and we have the great privilege to share that and all we're asking you to do is to pray pray for people and be engaged in missions so you can be transformed and you can help transform the lives of others. Our church exists by mission as fire exists by burning. Will you burn bright for Jesus today? And stand with me today. And as, as we're singing, would you bring out that prayer card? Hold it in your hand. If you have a pen, pray, Lord, who, who, who do I need to pray for? And if God leads somebody to your mind, write their names down. Maybe you don't have a pen, but God's already putting somebody on your heart. Pray for them. When we sing this song, for all the poor and powerless, let this be an invitation for you to join us in this great journey ahead. And then, on July 31st, you can invite them to our Ohana Sunday our family Sunday when we have Hawaiian food here and it's going to be kind of like today you'll see a glimpse of that today when you go outside and celebrate with us we celebrate well here (laughs) and on that day I will present the gospel and maybe the person that you've been praying for might show up because you've been faithful to pray and they might hear the the, the life changing message of Jesus and where they once poor and powerless. They become a child of the King. That's what we're here for. Join me in singing. Pray. Open your hearts. Ask the Lord, who can I pray for? And let's be praying. And let mission drive us forward.